0: Welcome to CCS Insight podcast and the second of our podcast episodes with IBM. My name is Bona Rotoby and I'm the Chief of Enterprise Research here at CCS Insight and your host for today's discussion on our Portable Containers Destroying Standards? Joining me today from IBM are Emily Young, Liberty Cloud Native Architect and Advocate and Graham Charters, WebSphere and Liberty Product Manager. I'm also joined by Clive Howard, CTO at Haruzzi, a provider of a humanitarian fintech platform. Clive is also an Associate Analyst with CCS Insight.
1: Welcome to you all. Thank you for having us.
0: Hi Bola, thanks for having us. Hi Bola. Excellent, excellent. CCS Insight conducted a survey in 2021 to understand how the market is responding to containers. We received responses from more than 570 companies in Europe, the Middle East and Africa. Respondents were drawn from a wide range of organizations and industries and included business and technical roles. One of the key findings was how container technology can help address several challenges facing modern software development and deployment. Graham. You have over 20 years in application and integration middleware R&D, and you have customers be successful with technology and evolving IBM's offering to meet the market's emerging needs. So I ask you this question. How important is container technology to modern app development and workload
2: operations? Hi, so. I think uh, well, container technology is hugely important to modern app development and workload operations. To to kind of highlight the importance and, and where the benefits are, I like to kind of contrast um, the world of working with with containers um, for application uh, development and deployment versus the traditional world. Um, so in the in the traditional world, when I when I talk to customers, they talk about having an operations team, and that operations team is responsible for managing an application server runtime, such as uh, WebSphere. Um, and that operations team um, understand and, and uh, automate all, all their operational aspects of that. And then on the development side, they have a separate development team that are responsible for developing the application. And when they finish creating that application, they throw it over the wall to the operations team and the operations team are responsible for managing it for the rest of its life. And in both cases, the teams have skills specific either to the on the development side specific to the, the APIs they're using developing the application. Then on the operations time they, uh, side, they have skills specific to managing that server runtime. Now, in the, in the container world, and I'm including container management, so Kubernetes, for example, uh, in this. In the container world, what we're seeing is that the operations teams are either evolving or the, or the businesses are setting up platform teams that are responsible for the Kubernetes environment. So those teams are building up skills in a, in a technology that is not specific to any particular one vendor and it's not specific to any particular type of workload. Um, And then on the development side, the development teams are evolving to become DevOps or DevSecOps teams, and they're responsible for doing their usual application development, but then they package that into a container that can be deployed to a number of different environments, either an on-prem Kubernetes platform or into cloud environments with managed Kubernetes, managed OpenShift, and so on. And so... The development teams, their, their jobs have evolved. They actually, they become, because they become this kind of, become this uh, DevOps team, they have a lot more skills they need to have in that, in that group, in that team. And they're responsible for more of the life cycle of the application. Um, but what they create is, is uh, in some respects, it's portable across the different operational environments. And the operations teams, um, of course, they're, they're building up, as I said, those generic skills.
0: Well thank you very much Graham for that actually. Emily, I I I'm sure you've got something to say to add to this. What would you, what would you add?
1: Yeah, I want to because I'm from a developer background in the in the past is <laughs> like when you do the like uh, application development, and then like a tester reads bug and an often phrase you will heard is, oh, it works on my machine. So with this uh, container technology they ensure the build ones run everywhere.
0: So, I mean, that's, I mean, that brings a nice little, you know, sort of insight into the development side, actually. Um, And I'd like to speak to Clive on this one, because you, you know, you, you, you must come across dealing with containers in your sort of um, experience and, um, you know, sort of the platform that you're building out for your, your team. Um, Can you sort of talk to the sort of importance that you see containers having in, you know, developing modern applications? Sure, thanks, Berla. Um, Yes, we have uh, we have uh, use containers. We do have
3: uh, certain workloads running in containers. I think I think containers, you know, certainly have an important role to play at this moment in time um, as organizations, you know, go through this movement to the cloud. It's it's not you know it's not easy. Cloud is hard, and getting into the cloud is you know is difficult, especially when you're you know if you're if you're looking at perhaps you know legacy workloads, but even you know trying to build your first you know cloud workloads. I think technology like containers is is incredibly helpful for the reasons that that you know we already already heard about. I think that they do have challenges. Um that you know they can they can be difficult. Um you know those issues, those challenges are are being addressed. People are trying to to um to make some of that easier. And I think, you know, that that will definitely help organizations to to embrace containers more and 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 we'll probably see. You know, we'll continue to see increased workloads running in containers. I think, though, that you know, containers are not going to be the the answer for everything. Uh, I think you know, there's still a place for other other technologies, both sort of pre-cloud and and sort of more cloud-native technologies. Um, so I think you know, people need to look at sort of containers as you know for the for the value that they can bring in terms of a particular solution that they're trying to build, they're trying to deploy, but also you know, looking at other other options that are out there and seeing, you know, where where you know those can perhaps be used for 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 certain solutions as well. So so yes, they are they are definitely um, definitely you know an important part of the current uh, development landscape, and I think they will continue to be. Uh, and I think you know the work that's being done by um, people like IBM around this is important in you know enabling more people to to be able to to leverage that value.
0: Well, one of the things, actually, one of the things that um, we found in the study that we did was, um, and you've, you, you both, you know, all three of you have uh, um, sort of mentioned it, alluded to it, was actually in terms of when we went out to the market, one of the big things was how much, you know, people saw containers um, being a value for portability and, you know, consistency, you know, especially across multiple, you know, lots of different te- technologies and lots of different environments, which is what you, Graham, have talked about, Emily, you mentioned it from a developer point of view, and Clive, you know, you've talked about you know the value from that point of view. So, if containers are all about portability, does that make application programming interfaces APIs? Does it, you know, doesn't matter which APIs, you know, no longer relevant. Graham, I'd like to
2: come back to you. So, I think we need to look at um, what roles APIs serve. APIs. Uh, I guess in their first first role is is uh, is really to kind of make it easier for you to write applications. They provide functionality or capabilities that uh, or higher level abstractions of things, so that you don't have to um, do all the hard work associated with those things. For example, transactions or security or component models for for writing your applications. These, if you had to write all of those things from scratch based on Um, Java SE, for example, you'd have a, you'd spend probably. 25% 25% of your time writing all all the the kind of low level things just to get to the point where you could write some business logic. So that's the kind of first role of APIs. But I think the second role of APIs, well, if so, if you think about the applications you write and the amount of uh, investment that businesses put into writing applications, you reuse a lot of things, libraries, um, runtimes, and so on, such as the such as the the Liberty runtime uh, and because you're investing a lot in creating that code your application code you want to make sure that your investment is protected Um, so portability is still very important when it comes uh, comes to apis because you don't want all that investment that you've put into your into your application development um, to become irrelevant um, if for example what you were building on um, is no longer a maintained or supported technology so apis they accelerate your development, but they're also an opportunity to insulate yourself from underlying technology choices or underlying vendor choices.
0: Well, that actually talks very much to the point what Clive was actually talking about the fact that, you know, in many respects, while containers, you know, know, you've provided a fantastic example of, you know, in terms of how APIs are still really important, but also in the fact that, you know, you may not always use containers. And so APIs serve to sort of help bring in other technologies or use other environments. So there is a place for them. So, Emily, you know, you are known as a Java champion and a well-known international conference speaker, a book author, and a micro-profile guru and technical lead in micro-profile specifications releases. Quite a mouthful there. <laughs> but an amazing experience. So I'm going to put my third question to you, which is what is the industry doing around API standards to address modern application needs? And how does this align with Java technology innovations?
1: Yeah, this is a great question. It's very important to have this API standard to increase the developer's efficiency. So basically, once we have this uh, API standard, I can develop applications so that uh, I can many applications and reuse my skills. And then if I change the job, and then, then like uh, if we, like um, the community adopts the API standard. I just like I reuse my, uh, the, the skills and. Like, to be very efficient. So I basically, I don't need to relearn things, but I do the most important things, which is help the business. Luckily, we have a Decatur E and a MicroProfile. This is both is a Cloud Native application programming model. So basically, it's a, a, like a MicroProfile, we have a config config, fault tolerance to help create a resilient application. And also we have a JWT, MicroProfile JWT authentication to application, And also we have like a micro metrics to add uh, like uh, application metrics so that you can like uh, the data operation can monitor this application and then take some precautions if something is going to go wrong.
0: And, and this must be really kind of a, once again, uh, for you, Clive, as a practitioner this must be really um, kind of important when you think about, you know, sort of, um, you, know, developers, you know, developers coming onto your, you know, sort of being employed by your organization to have these standards so that it kind of um, allows a certain level of, you know, sort of transferable skills, as Emily did point out. Yes, absolutely.
3: Yes, I would definitely agree with what what the point Emily was making. Um, I think uh, both in terms of yes, bringing on new developers, um, uh, you, you know, you you want them to be able to come in and and start, you know, creating value for the business as soon as possible. And so, you know, the the use of standards helps with that because they can they can look at something and instantly think, okay, yes, I know, you know, I know what this is doing. I know how this works. I know how to 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 do something with this. Uh, which is which is always you know super useful, especially as you know as people talk about you know projects have become products, and I think what they mean is things are you know workloads are in a constant state of of evolution. And so you're going to have developers coming and, and going um, perhaps more than when you... you know Maybe you had a development team that was on a specific workload that was a very kind of closed thing. And, and they knew everything about how it worked. And that was fine because they were the people that worked on it. And it kind of just sat alone and, and did what it was supposed to do. I think now you've got developers coming and going a bit more. It's not quite the same. And also, they're not quite... Closed solutions anymore As has already been mentioned. You've got much more distributed type solutions where you know you're building something that someone else is going to leverage in their application, and and then someone else is using a part of their application. Maybe you're using somebody else's application through various sort of APIs or or, or other interfaces, and so you 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 want you know again standards so that you can make sure that that all of that can kind of knit together. And, um, and, uh, and, you know, you minimize risk with regards to, to doing that. So I think there's kind of two reasons there really why I think, you know, standards are, are incredibly helpful to, uh, to a development organization.
0: Well, that's brilliant because actually, basically, I think we've answered our you know, the, the conundrum we, um, we put at the beginning of this and the title of our podcast, which is are portable containers destroying standards? And the answer is uh, a definite no, they clearly are. They're actually Augmenting and working side by side. So my last question, and I just want you know, is really uh, um, Emily, could you sort of be tell us what value this all presents to the business, and how should maybe the technical leads present this to their business counterparts as they think about you know you know sort of investing their time in containers and APIs?
1: Yeah, this is great value for the business. Basically, if like uh, the kind of IT companies interested in this uh, area, they should all come together to work together, not reinvent the wheels, right? So basically, the I work closely with Red Hat and Tommy tribe uh, uh, and uh, Microsoft and others is to evolve this standard. So that is like we don't do the closed door; we reinvent the wheels, it's like the so for example, we need a converter to be carry all the converter to the different country to plug in. So with this API standard, we come together and work on the common thing so that the developers, they don't need a converter. So this is, again, it's good for the business and good for the consumer, and increase both the efficiency for both like business owners and also the business consumers. So one thing I want to encourage technical leads, to come together and join us and work on this standard. And also, Open Liberty is a strong supporter for both Micro Profile and EE. And also, log on to the uh, Open try it out how we implement it. So, it's uh, hope to see more people get involved in the API standard work.
0: Oh that's fantastic Emily a really good call to action for our listeners and in terms you know certainly in terms of you know the benefits um that the API standards and containers provide them for the business Graham I just want to see give you an opportunity to have any last words any last inputs to that
2: I think it's quite well understood now um, around the role of portable containers and that how that makes you uh, independent of of platform environments um, so you can deploy your containers in in uh, various different clouds or, on prem, or on-prem on-prem uh, uh, container platforms, um, but don't don't lose sight of the investment you make inside in, in developing the applications that run inside your containers, and think about how you can protect that investment. Um, through the choice of the technologies you're using to do that, those implementations. And this is where the open standards um, really excel. Um, I think, I'm not sure Emily mentioned it, but with the MicroProfile standards, for example, I think there's somewhere in the region of 14 different implementations and jakarta is similar. Um, so you've got that protection, that, that, the fact that you can take your application code, take your skills um, and apply those to, to different, different vendor uh, implementations.
0: And that's a really good point, actually, in terms of that standardization, that consistency and, you know, sort of leveraging existing skills, but also ensuring that you have that level of portability right across the board, whether it's through containers or through um, APIs. I'd like to say a thank you to Emily, Graham and Clive for what I think has been a really great conversation. Um, And I think we definitely proved that, you know, know, they're not um, destroying standards. Portable containers are not destroying standards. So that's a good thing. Uh, And they're working in you know, collaboration. So, uh, for our audience, please do make sure you tune into our first podcast that talks about Java's future in the cloud. But until then, until the next one we have, I'd like to say thank you very much to everyone and um, goodbye until our next discussion. So, goodbye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Goodbye.